children, the first reaction they have isn't to something funny because they don't know what funny is. It's usually fear. I don't understand that. <laughs> so this, this chap had this idea that the first ever time a person laughed was a caveman uh, coming out and seeing a large mammoth in the distance and he hasn't eaten for ages and he's walking and walking and walking and he throws the spear at the mammoth and it's a direct hit but the mammoth moves just at the last minute and it shatters the spear shatters on the mammoth's massive, massive tusk and just falls into the into the ground the mammoth gets up says aye aye and charges towards the caveman and the caveman looks and thinks this is my moment of death this is this is my final final seconds on the planet and then just the last minute, the mammoth trips, falls, cascades onto the ground, breaks its neck and dies, leaving him only a couple of inches before it would have crushed him to death. And the caveman's reaction is to laugh. And he laughs and he laughs and he laughs. And he laughs so hard and he remembers this and he comes back to his, his mates and he's, he's, got his cave, he's got his bit of mammoth to share out. And they say, what's that noise coming out of you? And he tries to tell the story about why he's laughing. And maybe it worked and maybe it didn't. So I tried to tell this, this story. Uh, not this story. I'm not telling that story in this, in this. I've only ever performed this once before. But it's all with Uggs. And there I'm, I'm sitting there about two years ago with my projector and all these people coming into the room in this club and ready to tell this story just in Uggs with lots and lots of pictures. And who should sit at the very front row but a completely blind girl. She was just sat there on the front row completely blind. And I thought, well, that's a bit unfair because she is going to be sitting there with no visual aids whatsoever, listening to a 50 year old bloke going, ugh, 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 ugh. So I said to her, would you mind if I uh, enhance this story for you by giving sort of a, a visual display, a, a, a narration to the story? And she could not have cared less. So that's what I did. And I've only ever performed it in this way ever since. So I'm going to uh, get on. I don't usually talk about my poems too much, I hope. Um, so instead of doing my usual uh, load of old gubbins, uh, I'm doing a, a, po a uh, as I say, a caveman haiku, uh, or a set of caveman haikus, uh, which are called um, the Ugg, 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 with a visual enhancement for a uh, the uh, slightly impaired of vision and also for the people in radio world. So here we go. The Ugg, Ugg, Ugg. Titles. Ugg, 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 A cave. Gug, ug, 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 Cave interior. A caveman storyteller has lit his stick. Ug, gug, ug, 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 ug. The cave people audience, a mixture of men, women, and children, look to the ceiling of the cave. Ug gug ug 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 gug ug ug gug. The caveman storyteller continues. Ug gug ug 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 gug ug ug gug. He shows the cave pictures of trees and water. Ug gug ug 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 gug 
Ugg, ugg, gurg. The caveman storyteller shows pictures of stars and suns. Ugg, gug, ugg, 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 gug, ugg, ugg, gurg. Cave people eat fish, birds, and butterflies. An angry cave dweller looks on. Oh, I've missed a picture on there. Ugg, gug, ugg, ugg, arg. Ugg, arg, ugg, 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 ugg. The storyteller shows pictures of animals. Ugg, 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 ugg. A slightly less developed Homo erectus is sitting in a tree. Ugg, gug, ugg, 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 arg, ugg, 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 eeg. The drawing of a tree. Ugg, 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 arg, eeg, eeg, ugg, 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 ugg. The narrator produces a bone. Ugg, 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 sug, ugg, 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 eeg. Another Homo erectus is sitting in the tree with the other Homo erectus. Ugg, sug, ugg, 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 eeg, ugg, 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 arg. The cave people audience looks scared. Arg, eeg, oog, eeg, eeg, egg, ugg, 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 gug. The storyteller continues. Ugg, gug, ugg, 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 arg, ugg, 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 gug, ugg, ugg, ugg. The underdeveloped Neanderthal eats a storm approaches. Ugg, 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 ugg. The underdeveloped men and women are looking scared. Partially, the picture is covered in shit. Ugg, 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 ugg. An argument has broken out between the storyteller and one of the audience. Ugg, 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 ugg. A fight has broken out. Ugg, 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 ugg. Cave exterior. Cave people leave the cave to scream. Ugg, 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 ugg. The cave exterior. Cave people run into the night. The Angel of the North statue is shown in ruins. Thank you very much. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Hey. <laughs> yeah. Don't have words, man. <laughs> Just count. Just count. But still, the old college try, the old Oxbridge effort. They're silly. <laughs> Laughing my ass off. <laughs> Pam, do you want to go? Oh, hey. Or should I? Uh, you should definitely go. I don't know. I don't have anything new today. And I, I know that uh, uh, Bart is still out there, so uh, you still have some like more crap. people. So go for God, it. God, this sounded like something I was going to get electrocuted by, man. It's your turn. Like some sort of cuckoo nest weirdness. Okay, we're just going to see how this goes. Hold on. I'm not sure I like playing guitar in this chair. 
But anyways, and I also have to put the words, wait, does that block the camera? Yeah, it does. Yeah. You're listening to Mutiny Radio. FM and Look, I fixed it, we y'all. Are in the Some call me Tim Hour. We're okay. gonna have a call from Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, but right now we have Aaron Gannon. Okay. I tuned it not two hours ago, but we'll see how it goes. My baby is a distant child. He rushes right on over when I call. My ba baby is a me come I swear sometimes can't see him at all. This distant child was in my ears as I was half dreaming, but I'd sure I'd heard the damn thing somewhere else before. Was this the way it would happen? Songs bestowed in me in my sleep. Electricity just buzzing out the score. This was the next step to everything. The final passing test. So momentous, so portentous, my debut. The boys could not, could not deny the fitness of my tune. When it came together, I proclaimed, we need to come together. Keep a close watch on me, and I'll show you how. And Jesus, Dylan, it's still everything I ever wanted to say how I kept loving you and how you kept floating away. So I wrote you in it. I rode you up. I fixed you to a gospel on the wind. Oh, it's glamorous. It's so glamorous to always never be there. But I'm the only one who sinned. The chick singer, she's the ball breaker. You can't shake her scent off your gear. But for all that power and the shit I ate for using it, I never got my way. I just learned to love the shivers and the quakes of sex and fear. Dylan never made a stand. There was never any religion. And I couldn't find a logic through the pain. My magic couldn't conjure and my magic couldn't fashion. So I sang a spell as ineffective as the man. It was distant in my ears, the song it played when I was dreaming. I'd been waiting, I'd been praying, and I left no blood on the floor. It was everything. It prescribed a future in the making, a love letter, a proclamation, a challenge, and an escort to the door. My baby is a distant child. He rushes right on over when I call. It's wrong for My baby is a me come 
I swear sometimes can't see him at all. That was it. That was my new piece. Yay. You should. Yay. Did I unmute myself for that? No, no, you're perfect. Uh, <laughs> and that's from your musical, the upcoming musical? Yeah, that's from the upcoming musical. Awesome. <laughs> I just realized that I wouldn't have known. You guys have all been yelling at me in chat, like, we can't hear you. And I would have been like, Bruh. <laughs> sorry. Anyway, all right. So then I guess Andy. Yep. Yep. Two seconds. Okay. Sorry. Hi. Can you hear me okay, yeah? Yeah. Sweet. Um, two seconds. Yeah, I've just been chilling in the background. Um, yeah. No, it's been really good. I thought I just wanted to use this as a chance to just chill the fuck out for a bit. But I've enjoyed everything I've heard. It's been, been good. Um, I have some I'm new sorry shit. to interrupt, but I just want to point out everybody that was there and knows why this is important. I just bought this today. Hmm. <laughs> Remember, Pam? You don't remember this? Okay, forget it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <coughs> sorry, Andy. Go on. Nah, that's all good. Um... Yeah, so I've got. I'm gonna do three. Apologies to anyone who's heard them because I did them at Portry in the Brew um, on Saturday. I think it was Saturday. Uh, yeah, none of them have titles. In here, it's the little things that conspire against you. They give you access to 24-hour coffee, sugar seemingly endless in supply. Those tiny single-serving sweetener tabs by the hundreds. Stirrers in abundance, but never any milk. Thanks. That's just, it's another angry work form in a way, because, yeah, no fucking milk, because of the whole COVID thing. Um, like, because it's always like, it's out in a shed that, that, the contact, like, because otherwise that would just make no sense if it was sealed. Um, yeah, I'm talking shit. Uh, this next one's silly. Uh, it's, I think it's called Lost. They say no man is an island, but if the human race in 2020 was an island, it would be Lord of the Flies. Scratch that. It would be the island from Lost because I don't know what's going on, if this is real or what will happen next. And quite frankly, I'm just waiting for the fucking polar bear to show up. Um, so those are some silly poems. Uh, and I wrote this one tonight in about five minutes, so it's like really, really new shit. Um, it doesn't have a name. So, yeah, so I think Jeff, a while ago, yeah, I don't think, I know, he did He did a poem about the moon. Um, and I sort of started to write about how poets write about the moon. But this was technically inspired by the moon because I nipped out for beer earlier on and um, the moon looked awesome. And I guess this is technically written because of the moon. Um, anyway, let's talk more poems. It's said that 
poets often speak of the moon, trying to capture its everything in a series of words or phrases, some perfect pattern or an order that likely won't be found or simply does not exist. I've heard it said too that often poets look to the moon for inspiration. On the nights the words won't come and the ink refuses to flow. Because how could you look upon the moon and not be driven to write by its everything? I don't look at the moon or at myself in the mirror or at my teeth, especially not my teeth. Mostly I look down or out the car window, but somehow the inspiration comes and the ink flows and honestly, most days that's enough. Thanks. Yay. Yay, I'm sorry, I thought you said you had three. He did, he did three. That was three. He did three. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The second one was the um the angry work. Mm. Don't you have new news too? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Like oh. you got nominated yeah. for an award, Andy. Yeah, but I, I didn't really tell anyone about it. Um, oh, shit. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Like, not because I'm not telling people, just because, like, I don't know. Um, yeah, I got nominated for a push cart. What? So that was... What? I don't really, I don't really Oh, my it, God. That's insane. I know. That's so great. Right? What? what? I, yeah, I, like, I, you don't have T-shirts printed up already? I'd be like, what? What? That's amazing. <laughs> See? Yeah, <thanks. laughs> It's a fucking push card. Jesus Christ. Seriously. You don't want Pam and I on your ass. Oh my God. Maybe you do. I gotta maybe put it everywhere. Form, like, it, like maybe we need to run his like PR his PR. I think <laughs> he's far too humble. I'd be like, what's up, bitches? <laughs> I have push card. What? I know, right? That's incredible. Congratulations. <laughs> Oh, thank yes, you. Congratulations. Thanks. I'm just so excited. Like, every, like it's so many people have um, things that we can congratulate for. So, anyways. And my God, thank you all. Tonight was so great because that was a fucking crappy day, you guys. It was crappy. Well, this was a great show. Yeah, so cool. That's all I'm saying. So thanks. And Pam, how are you? Things are great. Uh, in San Francisco, I've got... Uh, five outdoor venues now for comedy. Uh, Mutiny Radio Presents is killing it. Hopefully they don't shut down outdoor dining in San Francisco because I have so many venues right now. Like, it's it's crazy. I have five comedy shows in the next four days, so I'm over the moon. Things are good. Which can all be heard on Mutiny Radio, can't they? Uh, yeah, not all of them. The ones I've been doing live, we're just doing at venues and people like buy food. So we're trying to support local businesses by getting comedy there. And then people buy two items off the people's menu and then they make money and we make money and everybody's happy. Yay. And it's all socially distanced and safe and wonderful. And people need entertainment because it's, you know, we, we need it. And only 156 people in San Francisco have died. So we're doing something right. Yeah, you like, were, your experience is like totally different than ours. Like. Um, why, I, I don't know. I think I'm the only one in Glasgow, aren't I, you guys? But, like, we're going into, like, total lockdown on Friday. Mm -hmm. And today, 
I had a weird moment on the high street on like the main drag near in my neighborhood where because everybody was out because the sun came out for like two hours and everybody's like Woo! and at least in my neighborhood they used to not wear masks but they are now but everybody wanted to talk and like blah blah it was really cool and um I almost had like a moment where I wept for the demise of capitalism. <laughs> like a very strange, like that should tell you guys how like weird and bad my day was. Like, why would I be weeping for the end of capitalism? But then I was like, I wonder where we're gonna, like, I don't know what's gonna happen when people can't meet each other at the shops. Right? Mm. Like, <laughs> no. There's no, because there's no, there's not gonna be any bars. That's not gonna happen till. Like, well, I don't my, know. my plan, if they if they shut down outdoor dining here in San Francisco, I'm just going to go back to the beginning of COVID where I was I would go to grocery stores where people were waiting in line outside six feet apart. And I'd set up my little PA and do jokes to people in line at like Trader Joe's or at Whole Foods <laughs> or at <laughs> wherever. I, I mean, I I need I'm an insane person. Like I'll scream in the street. I don't <laughs> care. Like you're going to hear my jokes. <laughs> I used to do hair before. This is a long story, but uh, in many of my lives, one of my lives was I used to do hair. And when I first started one of my first salon jobs, Pam came in to be one of my models. And I was planning on coming to Glasgow to do the creative writing degree. And I told her straight up, I'm like, I'm totally ripping you off when I get there, by the way. Because she had like this great idea where she would take a typewriter to the city center and like have and have people pay her like a dollar or two to write a poem so i was totally like i was gonna i never did do it but anyway yeah that, i still might that's it's what put only, me through grad school that lit two different contexts though. it literally I'm put put me through grad school exactly <laughs> tax -free. okay i'm sorry probably everybody has to go because it's 22 minutes late but i can hang around for a little bit this was you great probably, you guys are amazing stop, right I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump out of Mutiny Radio because I have a call coming in, and you guys are all amazing. This was incredible. Thank you so much for giving M.G. Martin time. Everybody check out uh, him on social media and get his new book. I've known him as a poet forever, and it's just so great that he has a new book out right now too. So I love that everybody in these COVID times has been creating and producing, and Finn's new book, The 100 Voices, people need to check out. And I'm sure Andy put out a third printing of your book or make a new one. And um, by <laughs> read poetry by poetry. Well, you're all amazing. I'll see you all in two weeks, if not before. Yay! Bye. All right, friends, that was Choose Poetry, Choose Life at mutinyradio.fm, streaming all the way from Glasgow, Scotland, with really great people today. And I'm so excited that M.G. Martin came in and got to hang out on that reading. That was exciting. Yay! And coming up next, got a call from LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth. She's going to tell us what's going on in the world. Uh, it's been a it's it's been a quiet week, hasn't it? 
Hey, if you are in San Francisco proper and you are looking for some things to do that are socially distanced, absolutely safe and wonderful that will make you laugh, have a good time and support local businesses. My goodness. Can you do all of that with one event? Absolutely. You can do it tonight at Asiento at 21st and Bryant 730 show. You can still get your uh, uh, reservations on Eventbrite dinner and a show at Asiento. A really great lineup tonight. Jack Ferguson, Nicole Tran, Dro Nose, and Gabby Pochia, along with myself, Pam Benjamin, your host. It's a really, really great venue and delicious food, hilarious comics. It's not going to rain. It's going to be nice. But even if it did, their parklet is covered. So please come out. Also, Friday at Mutiny Radio, 7 o'clock, socially distanced in the street. We also have pop-up tents if it does rain, but it's not supposed to. Keep yourself socially distanced and bundle up, friends. It is November. Saturday during the day, 2 o'clock, New Harmony Cafe at 20th and Mission. It's jitters and titters. Get yourself a coffee or a smoothie and a delicious breakfast sandwich. I had the BLT last week. Totally delicious. Watch some great comedy on the sidewalk in their parklet. Great lineup this week. And then on Sunday at Resolute Wine Bar on 678 Geary between Jones and Leavenworth, drink some wine and laugh. Barrel of laughs. At Resolute Wine Bar, get your reservations now. The reservations on Eventbrite are free. We just ask that you get two menu items when you're watching the show and tip the comics. And that's what we're doing. Just to toot my own horn, I'm also at the Comedy Edge this Saturday at 8 o'clock. That's another socially distanced outdoor venue in Oakland at the waterfront at Rockies, next to Rockies. Uh, a grocery store. It's cool. And they have tasty food too. Yeah, come on out, see some comedy with uh, me, Pam Benjamin. This is, we're in the Some Call Me Tim two hours. Again, we're waiting for LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, to give me a jingle. And let's play some stuff in the interim, shall we? Like our wonderful Mutiny Radio Breaker. So stay tuned. We're going to be getting a phone call real soon. And we have more fun stuff to talk about here at mutinyradio.fm and .sf. If you want to give us a dollar, (laughs) seriously, it makes a difference. Mutiny Radio, all one word, Venmo. Give us a dollar. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. 
My name is Wonia Thibault of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do, to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buckskin Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience, like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hey, you, poetry reader. This is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay. We also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast. Zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it, and don't let poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at analogsubmission.com. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch
Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. MutinyRadio.fm Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm Streaming live the station. MutinyRadio.fm District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm MutinyRadio.fm Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Look, why not go to MutinyRadio.fm, hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. Radio, big up to the number one station, 
that ruling nation. Give it to me every time. My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. Yeah. Take a chance on the Chancellor. Take a chance on Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth. Hi. Oh, there she is. Latoya, there she is. Take a chance on Latoya. How you doing? Good. I mean, here's my question. You're you sound like you're underneath a freeway right now. Where 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 are you? Oh, you know, it's because I'm walking oh, on good. the street. Does that sound a little better? Sure. Well, no, you sound great. You always sound great. What what are you? You're walking, getting the exercise, I, I, or you're. About, what's funny is I'm actually about to walk under a freeway. All right. <laughs> where are you? Uh, where are you? Where are you off to? You off to get a COVID test? What's up? <laughs> No, I thank God I already did that. Um, I'm actually on my way home, walking. I went for a run. Oh, good. And so now I'm walking back home because, yeah, because that's what you do in the time of COVID. Cool it down. Cool it down. Just keep it cool, yes. boy. Real cool. Um, so, yeah. Only 156 dead in San Francisco, yet there's talk about closing outdoor dining, which is very scary to me. I don't even want to say it out loud. I don't know why I keep doing it. But, um, yeah, things are, things, are, things are getting inclement. It rained yeah. last night, and, oh, my God, yeah. what did we do? We all had to stay, can't, can't go out. <laughs> no, and you know what? Just That was just uh, kind of like a preview of what, Winter is coming, so... Winter is coming. That, yeah, winter is coming, so that's what winter is going to look like. Mm. So get ready for it, and get ready for a shutdown. Well, I'm ready for it. Exactly. I'm ready for another shutdown, too, but also the weather just shuts us down anyway, because honestly, exactly. how... How much do you need to go out that you're willing to brave? Okay, and so these parklets have a roof on them, but... The wind and the rain and the darkness, and it's coming in from all sides. I can't imagine being like, you know, I'm going to go out and spend $50 on a, on a nice Thai meal with a friend. <laughs> and, and, fight. and what if they didn't, what if they couldn't invest yet in um, heat lamps? Heat lamps are all like oversold everywhere. There's no, 
you have to be on wait lists for heat lamps or the plastic to cover your parklet. Who wants to go out? What? Who is going to? I mean, you really have to want to go out to get on a parka to sit by a heat lamp in December. When it's wet. When it's wet. With like what? So, but it's just, it's just so hard because we have all these, we have all these small businesses and what are we going to, how are we going to support the small businesses? Are you going to give us all more PPP forgiveness loans? Is there a way that, no, seriously, because if there's going to be another huge shutdown and all of these businesses just invested, ooh, a fight. I don't blame you. You too. Sorry, I was listening. A lady oh no, that's good. You're, that the world is is around us. But um, all these small businesses, all these restaurants, all these bars have invested money. Lo- they've gotten loans. They've gotten money to keep their business alive and to adapt. And so they've built these parklets. They've spent tens of thousands of dollars on parklets. Then they spend more money covering them. Then they spend more money getting heat lamps. Now we're going to shut down outside. You just forced small business owners who are already strapped to continue investing in the economy, which is important for the economy, but then they're not going to get it back because people can't frequent their establishment. So what are we doing for small business owners right now? What are we doing? I'm going, and that's exactly, I'm glad you you brought that up because speaking of uh, money and running out, well, I am one of those people that, unemployment has ran out Mm -hmm. and so the fact of the matter i'm like at the point of like i don't know what the f i'm going to do is the fact of you know because well every with the shut everyone knows everything's going to get shut down um we know that we're going to have to extend unemployment and we're going to have to give more loans to these small businesses because that ppp loan it's not going to do anybody any... It's not gonna Everybody do spent anyone. it. They need more money. Oh, no. Everybody's going to need more money. But they With spent it. Unemployment... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, all of the businesses that got PPP loans, and in fact, Mutiny Radio was too small. We didn't make enough money to get a forgiveness loan, which is amazing to me. But so all the small businesses that did get the loans, that's all been spent because so many people were shut down for such a time that they were allowed to have this amount forgivable. Well, that can pay their rent and keep them afloat. Then we open back up. But now if we shut back down again, what and do we just... Are we just going to keep printing money? Are we going to move to universal basic income? Do we need Andrew Yang here right now? Like, what are we going to do? Does money matter? Uh, are we just going to uh, keep... I mean, yeah, but... We got to get real here. Of course it matters. But the problem is, do we, we don't have a country. We don't have a country that supports us. Right. That, and we don't have a country that honors the fact that we pay in these things with situations like this happen, like our unemployment, right. we pay into that. You know, any kind of social service we pay into, that is our money. And the fact that, you know, you have, mostly, I'm just going to blame the Republicans on this in the Senate, who do not want, they, the CARES Act is still not been signed. Right. So that is why you have people like myself and business owners who were like at Francis are like, what are we going to do? Because well, the Republicans they want to give money to the one percent 
and corporations. Right. Not saying the Democrats don't want to, but the Democrats are trying to save face. That is why back in July, when the $600 was up, mm-hmm. we were kind of, everyone was kind of going frantic. Even people, you know, uh, in that work on Wall Street were like, well, this is not much of a good idea because it's going to hurt the economy. Now we see the economy tanking even more because unemployment benefits are up. Uh, the PPP zones, they're not enough. Right. People are being laid off. Yeah. Yes. We have the holiday season coming up. Coming up. And we're about to get for a, show, uh, a shutdown again. Oh, and plus, people are dying. And yes, and and the and the rates are astronomically growing. Not at, not not here, not here in San Francisco. I don't know what we're doing, but I think it's everybody wearing masks well, I, and being really conscious about well, it. Yeah, we're definitely. I mean, we're definitely going to have a shutdown. I think we're definitely going to have it either before or after Thanksgiving. Interesting. Well, it should be before yeah. because otherwise people are going to meet with all kinds of family and people. So here's the thing. In San Francisco, though, I just looked at the numbers last night, and it's just over 13,500 cases uh, of active or that have got like 13,500 and then 156 deaths. So if you look at our numbers comparatively, we're looking pretty good. But also we've been really like – Everyone wears masks. Everyone. Nobody's not wearing a mask. Even, like, even now, even when I smoke, I will have a little rip of my cigarette, a little sip, blow out the smoke, and then I put my mask back up. If anyone's around me anywhere, I'm like, and everybody else does too. It's it's almost like a just being conscientious and being cool. And if you don't put it up, and no one's, and there was at the beginning a lot of shame, like, you're not wearing a mask. But I think that, We've shamed everybody sufficiently that everybody's literally wearing their mask in San Francisco, and that's why our numbers are so low. It's, I mean, what um, other reasons could it be? What, is it that we have um, better DNA? Let me, let me tell you something. So when I was in the Midwest, and I was on the Kansas City, Kansas side, not the Kansas City, Missouri side, because in Kansas City, Missouri, the city of Kansas City has mandatory masks. Now, when we go to the other side, of, in the Kansas side, all bets are off. There were no so masks. When I went in certain places, like I remember I went to a Sam's Hosa Club, and there was a mandatory mask when you go into any Sam's or Walmart uh, building. You have to wear a mask. I found myself seeing some people who ignored it. I saw like at least maybe like three people. Who Inside? Inside. Yes. And I remember when I was on my way to the bathroom, I was like, uh, this guy just sit, standing there with no mask on and just chilling, just, and I'm like, oh yeah, he, he, he don't care. And then even certain places that I went to, again, on the Kansas, on the Kansas side, where people were just like, it was normal. Now, huh. for the most part, I did see a lot of people, the majority of people wear masks, but in, in Kansas, in certain parts, it's not mandatory. The problem is wow. you have certain parts, because right now the Midwest is the hot spot. Yeah. And so because you have these crazy, some people in these red states and these towns who don't have a mandatory mandate for mask wear. I do, and 
and I have to give props to Michigan because Gretchen Whitmer, the governor, the one that they tried, tried to kidnap, to kidnap yeah. they, they, they shut things down in Michigan because you have some of those crazy-ass Trump supporters who want to talk about freedom. But I'm an American. Not. I'm an American. And it's, and it's, you can't tell me to wear a mask. I'm American. No, you can't. I, ain't, no, ain't no mask wearing place. It's America. We can choose to do what we want. Come on. Yes, Don't you tell me. Don't you tell me. Uh, I mean, it's that's my impression. Choose, it's one thing if you choose to kill yourself. But the fact is, you don't, you don't get the right to kill me. Right, right. And so the selfishness, and still, and, uh, and this past weekend, we had the, the Million Maggot March. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, are you familiar with the, the white supremacist march that they had? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not, but my, my joke for that is they, they've been wearing masks this whole time why not wear them now like you, you cowards uh-huh. you cowards you were hiding behind hoods they, no, they're just they're these they're these cowards that hid behind hoods and now they're like no masks no masks and it's like you cowardly mask wearing hood kkk dragons and now you're like no mask no mask doesn't make any sense. So the so that the is, that's a good one. so the KKK was having a march. Uh, so the white supremacists. Uh, I mean, there's many oh, yeah. other. So than they the called it the Million MAGA March. Now, gee, mm. where do they get that Million Man March idea from? Mm-hmm. White people, come out with your own original shit. We you, we know where you got the Million Man March thing from. We did that back in 1995. Yeah. Thank you very much. But moving on. So they had the Million Maggot March. And, of course, what happened? Well, it wasn't a million people, for starters. Good. But no one was wearing masks. Unbelievable. Yay! So that means the 10, 12,000 people that went to that maggot march are probably, there's a cesspool right now. It was a breeding ground for COVID, more yeah. outbreaks. Yeah, I want you to spit in each other's that, mouths. These are people, yeah, these are people that went, came from different states. Oh my God, they're vectors. So white. Exactly. Oh my God, white supremacist vectors. Dear Lord, and they love to talk to all the managers at Costco. So you know there's going to be an outbreak at Costco. It's going to spread through the managers because the white supremacists all got it at their white supremacist mark and uh, march, and they're all going to go back. They've got COVID nineteen, and they're going to go into Applebee's, and they are going to say, "I need to see a manager." Every manager from Applebee's and TGI Fridays. No, I, I mean, I, I don't know. They're going to give it to their vectors now. Dumb. My, my, my thing is so okay. So, okay, white supremacists. Here's the thing. You're killing your own people. Mm, You already have an issue with low birth rates. The suicide rates and the drug rate in your community is very high. The fact that you want to keep a pure white race, you're not helping. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell them. Stop telling them. Let them do it to themselves. Don't give them any hints. I'm just a stupid Negro to them. Mm. So that shows you how low their IQ is. The fact of the matter, let them kill themselves. I mean, seriously. The the, the point is, if you want to save the white race, you're not doing it the right way. (laughs) 
but you know, yeah. they're idiots. They're, they're idiots. And, and most likely, million MAGA march. So they were trying yeah. to make America great again. And I, I so hate. There's so many of these racist dog whistles that we don't even know that let's let's break it down when you say make america great it's again it's not a whistle anymore it's a horn well it's yeah it's a racist yeah it's a racist clown horn because he's a clown <laughs> but it, when people say well the why is why is saying make america great again why is that why is that racist because you're saying let's because you're you're giving homage to a time period where you say oh the 50s everything in the united states was so great for white people <laughs> so when you say make america great again you're basically saying brown people women black people screw them remember when america was great when misogyny and racism remember before the civil rights movement remember how great america was you fucking racist pigs so don't don't, don't and then they go oh why is make america great again how? it's like i just told you how it's racist the other one is when they do the but don't all lives matter well the, the, our police state hasn't the race right well we the, why does it have to be black lives because we've been fucking with black people and we need to bring attention to the concept that our entire police system it feels free to murder them we they don't do that with white people but this is happening. That's why we don't say white lives matter because we all know that white lives matter because they've mattered this whole time. So we don't need to bring attention to how much they matter because we've already done that. Our entire government is built, the entire 1% is built on how important white lives are. So we need to talk about how black lives matter. And I'm sorry, but all lives matter. Well, get your privileged eyes out of your asshole and see the world and see your privilege in it. You white cunty bitches. I'm sorry. I'm just talking to all my Karens, all my all my other. I used to drive a Lexus too. I know. I know what they're. It's like I go into Costco. I remember I was one of these people. I was actually, you know what? In high school, I was a Republican. So I'm sorry, but that's just because I believed in what my parents believed in, and what Jesus believed in, and Jesus loves money. Surprisingly, not well, true, but in the Christian church. You know, even even as racist as the time of when you were a Republican, like. That, uh, uh, that would be Reagan. Uh, it was Reagan. Well, yeah, it was Reagan. George, yeah. Uh, well, he's a piece of shit. I, I was going to say something, but I, every time I think Reagan, I just want to just regurgitate in my mouth. Never mind. Yeah. I was just going to say the concept of what Republican was is very different, even though they were racist and they used dog whistles then. But I can't even say that because well, that's how the Republican Party always has been. So they they were bound to go this way at one point in time. So well, I mean, but Republicans, so, it's changed so much. You have to, uh, in the 1849, in like 1864, back in the day, there were like 16 parties. There were the anti-Nebraskans. I don't even know what how big of a deal Nebraska was that they were the anti-Nebraskans. There were the pro-bank Democrats. There were the uh, there was a group called the Copperheads. There was a group called the Know Nothings. The, the know nothings there was that group uh there was there were all of these crazy different not crazy they were just we had a multiple political party system and then it became the electoral college and it, it we, we ended up polarizing ourselves and I, I think that that's like a large scale government thing like having multiple having multiple parties gives people too much choice and I think that they 
the powers that be and the people that we let be in charge of us, it is better for for them when it's this or that, left or right. It's just when it's polarized and it's one or the other. That way, you know, but that that way, both choices can be wrong, and we're like, well, we have to choose. Whereas when you put yourself in a mindset where there's only black or white, this or that, and there's no third option, and they only present us with two shitty options, they're still controlling us. So, you know, yeah, how I do mean, we? Unfortunately, the sad thing is, like, when you have more than three parties, it doesn't work. And you know, I. Yeah. I was, I was, shut up. <laughs> what a cool, what a cool car you have. You must have an amazing dick. <laughs> Most likely not. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing is, like, I, I was one of those people that, you know, I was always for, like, having more parties. But scientifically and historically, having more than, more than three parties usually doesn't work. Um, you know, because I was almost that person that voted for NATO back in 2000 for the Green Party. Right, right, right. And over Gore, because I had Me this too. loathing hatred for, for Tipper Gore. Mm-hmm. But I had to be honest, like, is Ralph Nader really going to win? Come on. So, but the problem is, especially in the Democratic Party, there's an umbrella of so many different types of groups in the party. Like, I'm a progressive. So the the progressive movement is under the Democratic wing, and then you have the corporate Democrats, the moderate. Uh, then you have the social Democrats as well. Right. Um, and so there's so many people under this tent. In contrast to when I think of the Republican Party, I just think of that good old Klan mask. Right. It's a big it's old block. Just, they all were I just, solid. I just, I, I just see... The Republican Party symbol should be instead of the the uh, elephant, it should be a clan hood. <laughs> <laughs> How about an elephant? You know, elephant in a clan hood. Jesus. The the Republican Party, they when it's time to come together, they stay on code. Mm, mm-hmm. As for because um, they've been since the election, there's been some infighting within the Democratic Party where the moderates and corporate Democrats are blaming progressives for losing some of their Senate seats mm. when the when it was allowed the progressives that won their seats back or more progressives won in the House of Representatives. Yeah. So yeah. the problem is the majority of people, well, it's not a problem, but the majority of Americans, and that includes Republicans, this is where you, where both parties, it, it really doesn't matter about both parties. The majority of Americans, both independent Republican and Democrat, do, 70% of Americans are for Medicare for all. Yeah. Uh, I believe 68% are for free college. Sweet. And student forgiveness, forgive, uh, uh, student loan forgiveness. Yes, dear God. Is, which is amazing that doesn't affect it doesn't affect me personally because i don't have any student loan debt but i am an anomaly in the system if we could remove the yoke of student debt from people that are my age that already there's a you'd you'd pull you would change there's a 30-year swath of people that you would change their entire existence the entire economy would change 
much better. Yeah. That is people of my generation. I have student loans. So you have millennials and parts of Gen X yeah. um, who did go back to school and then Generation Y that because when we, especially millennials, when we entered college in the 2000s or the late, well, basically the 2000s of the uh, Bush era, our loans and the interest rates oh my God. were out of sight. Yeah, yeah. Out of sight. I have one of my friends, she was like 120000 in debt. Oh, my God. And she had a scholarship. And, you know, she, was, uh, she went back to school for her master's. Yeah. So, I mean, she, she graduated high school in the 90s and started college in the 90s and then decided to go back. So, you know, it's, it's just the, she can't buy a house. Well, well, they own a house now, but for the longest time, uh, most people, basically people in my generation and people in genera- Generation X can't really buy homes. No, no. They can't buy property Mm-mm. because student loans are hanging over them. Yeah. That's why the housing market is in shit right now. Because people my age who are damn near 40 are still renters. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll never own again. I mean, I, I'm going to, I'll rent forever. Um, and it's. I'm never going to own again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never own a home again. Guilty feet of God. Have to pay the rent now. Got no rent. I, I mean. <laughs> I'm, things are, I'm just so concerned if we have to shut down again because some people are finally getting their personal economy back like in a somewhat, like everything's adjusted, everyone's adapted. Even me, I've adapted, but everyone's adapted. And now if we're going to have to adapt again, but there's no, we've gone through everything. The people, we've survived this far. And it's like, I thought we were at the light of the end of the tunnel. Like, we've done it. Well, we we're going to survive. It's great. And this, like, oh. And I'm not talking about, like, survival of hum- humanity. I'm just talking about survival of small businesses. Like, survival of Mutiny Radio as a small business. Like, yeah. survival and, of. You know, the sad, you know, the sad thing is, like, People ought to be mad at this administration. More people need to be mad and angry and wanted to burn that motherfucker down because of we could have got this all situated and finished already. We could have had this done already. This has been going on since March. That's almost a year. That's nine months. And instead, this administration go back to work or no mask. Or right. And, and you're, you're exactly right. And we really do need to point out 45 because he wasn't wearing a mask hardly ever. And then he got it and he still wasn't wearing a mask and all of these things. Now, when the one person who's supposed to be running the country isn't wearing a mask and then you say, oh, this is real. This is real. And he's like, well, maybe it's real. It's going to go away. It's going to go away. And he's not wearing a mask. That trickles down that thought that he's not scared why should i be scared our president like or that wearing a mask equals fear no wearing a mask equals safety and so when he every time he wasn't wearing a mask in public on a piece of picture on a paper on the news on and any photographic anything anywhere that people can see it on the twitters in the emails in the wherever on the sphere 
What that says is this isn't real. What that says is don't be afraid. What that says is don't care about your fellow man and don't wear a mask. And that's why this is still happening. Because at the highest echelons, people weren't taking it fucking seriously. And if the president doesn't take it seriously, how is supposed to Joe Schmo, who lives in Kansas, take it seriously? He looks up at the president and goes, well, that motherfucker don't give a fuck. All right. Masks are for masks are for those idiots in California, and it's like, well, we're we've only 156 people have died in San Francisco, yet dummies. So maybe. And then you also you also had government who were like, for example, Texas. The governor opened too early. Right. Yeah. He opened the whole state too yeah. early. Uh-huh. Same in Georgia. Those idiots decided to open shit back up early. Only for being maybe closed for almost two weeks, not completely two weeks. And because people were worried about getting their hair done or going to work out. Are you fucking serious? Look where we're at right now. And people were saying, we even talked about this early on, that it's it's going to happen again. Toward the end of the year, we talked about this back in the summer, spring and summer, we talked about these idiots that they want to open back up early, watch the shit go out of control again toward the end of the year. And look where we are. And people are mad and disappointed that we have to shut down again? Are you kidding me? Just all, everything was written for disaster. Yeah. Why are people surprised by this? You know, the only, and especially these people who don't pay attention to the mask mandate. Or to the fact of the, how many cases they have in their city or county, you know, it, it, it just, it. Yeah, I'm it's, not surprised. Well, it's also I think that it's it's we're in this strange dystopian futurescape right now, and people don't necessarily want to believe what's happening. That there's this airborne thing that kills a lot of people, and that's very scary, but. When all the pictures that you see in media don't support that, what do you believe? What do you choose to do? I, I really I really hope that people know how to read and that they realize what's going on. Just be safe. Wear a mask. Don't group up. Don't be inside near people. Like, don't for Thanksgiving, don't meet with 20 people. Don't have 20 people get together for Thanksgiving because if one person has it, you're all going to have it and then you all go to your other places and then you're you're a vector. You created a vector. Don't just just chill. Don't invite uncle and auntie over. You know, don't if you want to see them next year, Around this time, I suggest you not invite them over for dinner. Right. I Just... mean, let's not, let's, we're already, we already have things killing for a reason because they kill the indigenous people. But don't, let's not make this a things killing well, over the plague you... that we have now. Do you realize that the, the most recent surge, the reason for the most recent surge was Halloween parties and um, election celebrations? So, this yeah, this and, recent yeah. surge that just happened is that yeah. everybody went to Halloween parties and people weren't wearing masks and people were probably sharing drinks and making out and just being around each other. 
And that's going to create more vectors. And then with the election thing, people were like, yes, hugging in the streets or doing these things and talking to neighbors they haven't Too talked close. before. And just, close. just social and distancing. You know, wanted... Oh, go ahead, sorry. No, I'm just saying if everybody would be smart, social distance, wear a mask, just be, I mean. Just think Keep about it. it. It's not over. It's not good, and it's not gonna. It's gonna roll into 2021 too. Yeah, it is. This shit ain't going to end. Mm. I mean, until we take responsibility. Do I'm like, for example, do we know? Let me tell you what's going on in the UK right now. Yeah. The UK will be shut down till December second. Wow. They've been shut down for about um, about two weeks now. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't realize in the UK they don't have testing, and so. Oh. What people, they've been, it's been, I think the U.K. has possibly either the U.K. or Italy now are the red spots in Europe. Italy again? You know. Yeah. Wow. You know, because, well, they opened up. They did do their part. But remember, Italy was was the hot spot for the most deaths. And then, congratulations. America took over and said, no, we got you, Italy. <laughs> we got about, I think, almost 10 million here in the United States wow. that are infected, or 10 million cases. Wow. I think we're at. I have a so, COVID test. I, mean, I have a test scheduled for next Tuesday because I have some dental work that needs to be done. And so I have to go in and get the test and then to get my, to get my dental stuff, which, great, I get a I test. Get, cool, mm-hmm. thanks. I mean, I took a test uh, last Thursday. I got my results pretty quick on that next day, and cool was negative. Good, good, good. You know, so, yeah, it's I mean, like the, the new AIDS is, test. It's really scary. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But please do not invite nobody to your house for Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, if you if you want to survive this, I mean, I want to go on vacation again too. Yeah. But the first thing is first, put your shit aside so we can get through this. You know, I would have loved to celebrate it a couple weeks ago by going downtown and celebrating the fact that Jim Crow Joe uh, got, you know, elected. Right. But, but no. I'm throwing myself into the lion's den by getting possibly infected, you know, and affecting others. The thing is. So we have to be responsible. And if you're doing it right, like right now, I do a bunch of outdoor parklet shows and I've been to Bender's. I went to Bender's once and they're doing it right. They take your temperature, you order your food, you get your drink, you sit down, you're at a table six feet away from other people. Like that works as long as everybody keeps up, like just like Asiento. All the tables are six feet apart. All the servers are wearing masks. They ask everyone to be wearing their masks unless they're eating or drinking. Everything's outside. I mean, you, we, we have to take the precautions. It's not, it, it's, it's real, but then it becomes a thing where, you know, can't you trust just us to take the precautions? Like San Francisco's doing really well. Like, don't shut us down. Like, look, we figured it out. Everybody's okay here. <laughs> I'm like, let us work. do our outdoor dining. Come on. That's not going to work. I know, I know, because it's got to be an all or nothing. No, and I understand that. It's got to be an all or nothing. Like, everyone has to get on board, 
or it doesn't work. You've got some crazy assholes in this city who don't want to wear a mask either. They just hide in different parts of the of neighborhoods. Right. So, <laughs> I, yeah. But, I mean, I, what I'm worried about is the fact that 45 is now really showing. Well, he's always been showing his ass, but now these his his cult are extremely like we're not going to listen to anything. Because they know that Biden, most likely, probably, um, when he gets in the office, he's going to probably have a whole government country shut down. Yeah. And so now you have going to be having these MAGA cultists that are going to do what they were doing before, going up to these city halls, threatening to kidnap governors and mayors and shit like that, whining about, like, they can't get their nails did, or how come my kids can't go to school? Because... Because that's a place where people can get infected. Kids can get it too. Yeah, kids and can so get it, and it can it can stay matter. with them for the rest of their lives. It if when people get it, it can change the way your body functions, and it can stay with you yeah. forever. You can have lifelong lasting effects from getting it. It's a serious it's a serious fucking disease. Um, yes. And we have to take it seriously. And it's sad that we still have. A president for the next 60 is it 60 days 61 days 50 59 long. days however many too many days that he's still in charge where where this is honestly we need to be doing things right now and that he's sitting there and clogging up the works and being like a just a, a lump and not helping he's hurting that's the thing is right now right now by not creating policy, by not taking it fucking seriously. It's, so how many people are going to die? Are we going to look at these 59 days? Are we going to look at this time period between the election and the inauguration and say, geez, if we would have shut down then, how many lives would have been saved? Are that's, is that what we're going to say in 10 years, in 20 years? They're going to say how, I mean, I guess I hopefully in 10 or 20 years, there will be studies of how ridiculous and how horrific and how scary Trump's time as president was and how we did avoid a new, you know, fascist Nazi state. Maybe hopefully in the future, people will do research on this time and say, oof, we really dodged that bullet. But who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? We the future is now and. I feel like these days until the inauguration are important and it's upsetting that Fuck his yeah. his ego and his pride are going to kill a lot of people. And that's a bummer. And, and, and the Republican senators and the Republican House of Representatives who don't want to do anything, basically, yeah, other than just say that uh, the Democrats cheated, but for some reason, Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell were but that's elected back in. The election I mean, stuff, what? but all of that the election stuff is important. But what's really important is that we are still in a global pandemic that we're not, that our, our administration currently, until it disappears, isn't really acknowledging it in the with the gravitas that it needs to be addressed. No, that the numbers, the numbers have astronomically risen and there haven't been where is Fauci now where is Dr. Fauci where is where are the where is I want to work with him he banned Trump 45 banned Fauci 
from, and he basically he thought he could fire Fauci, Dr. Fauci, but he can't. So Fauci is waiting to come win the a Biden administration because and he's and plus. 45 hasn't been to a corona meeting in five months. Right, so that's the thing, is that the gravitas of this situation has not been acknowledged at all by the current administration. In fact, I watched this thing where he said 36 times in seven months that it's going away, which is an outright lie, which is 100% lying, and that there were 36 different instances where he said, it's going away, it's going away, it's definitely going away. Lies. A hundred percent bald face, horrible lies to the people who now don't yet, see the gravitas. And- but the thing is that only no people know about the gravitas of something if we fucking make it big. The only reason, the only way people are going to understand that it's a big fucking deal is if everybody goes, yes, this is a big fucking deal. But that he's ignoring it right now is going to kill a lot of people because they, I mean, it's ignorance is not, uh, it's not bliss, A, and it's not an excuse. We all should know at this point what's going on. And yet 57% of white Americans voted him, voted for this guy. It's, uh... you know, and the fact is, because here, here's, here's the effed up part about things, white America. Um, they thought that this was just going to be a black and brown problem or people from poor communities. This only affects them. This doesn't happen in my neighborhood kind of bullshit. I don't know why people still go with that. This could never happen to me kind of bullshit. But now you have so many surges in like places like in the Midwest, like in the Dakotas. And they're not even talking about some of those. The, the ravaging numbers that are going on in these indigenous reservations, which is outstanding and sad, you know. Yeah. But yet again, I say 57% of white America voted well, for this guy. It's, I voted for the pandemic. I really think that what it, what it comes down to is that right now, economics are more important than humans. And, and that's what capitalism does. Capitalism says that money is more important than humanity. That, that but you can't make money when people are sick. Well, and exactly. And when things are sick. <laughs> well, you can because you can make money off of hospital things. I mean, but I, I really, it is blatantly shown through this year and through COVID and through not passing the CARES Act and all of these things that economics are more important than people in the United States. And that's not, if you look at our constitution, if you look at the way we were built, it is not supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be that the personhood and personage that has value. And the United States stood for the idea of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that we, that our personage, that when we are born here, we have, we are entitled, we have inalienable rights, that we are people and we are important and our government recognizes that. But that is a fucking lie. And anybody who thinks that that is not a lie, open your fucking eyes. They don't care about you. You are a number. You are money. Right now, you are just... You're just an unemployment statistic. Do they want us to die? Do they want to? All they want to do is make money. They don't care about us. The economy for them is more important than the people. Now, we just voted for Biden, so we're good, maybe. Mm -hmm. But open your eyes, people. Like, 
come on, if this, if the pandemic doesn't show you that, that the government thinks that we are worthless and that the entitlement that you think you have is meaningless unless you are attached to dollar bills, if you think anything other than that, welcome to, re- welcome to reality. <laughs> we are, we are nothing to them. Yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, the fact is, you know, you the, the people that are in this administration and even the senators don't know anything about economics. They, you even have some corporations that are like, what are we going to do? We need, we need money into the economy. You know, we're, you know, that's why certain, what I was um, discussing earlier about the extra $600 that uh, the unemployed were given early on helped boost. And when that got slashed, mm. that sent a lot of people and especially corporations and what have you into uh, a, a tantrum. Like, well, 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 wait a minute. They're spending. Even though they're not working, they're spending. They're still getting the economy going. You know, besides, you know, people are still buying things from Amazon at the time. Not as much anymore because because we don't have I any said, money left. Thank you. And we, but that, but we, because we've not been another stimulus. Come on. And but with the open up, shut down, open up, shut. The, the longer we make the pandemic last by not taking it seriously, the the more economic upheaval we're going to have to experience. Like. I mean, I guess we're all on a learning curve, but man, can't we just, I, I wish that, I wish that in these 59 days, I wish they wouldn't be squandered or wasted and that we could, that somehow, you know, maybe Jesus will come to Trump and say like, whoa, all these people are going to die unless you, Don't and he's like, whatever. <laughs> he's like, I'm just trying to use this sauna before it, I can't do his voice right now. Um, oh, so what else is going on in the world do we, that we want to wrap up with here? Uh, anything happy? Um, well, so I just I just got an article about Gavin Newsom oh. at a event where uh, he was at a dinner party. Um, oh, Hillman, yeah. So Gavin Newsom was in hot water when he uh, attended a dinner at Napa Valley at an ultra French laundry restaurant. Ooh, I love French laundry. And, yeah, and so not eating, not taking his own advice, basically. Ooh. See, the hypocrisy. If you are going to tell us to do something, you need to follow the rules, too. I love you, Gavin Newsom, but... I know, but the French laundry, Thomas Keller is amazing and the French laundry is incredible. And I'm sure that they all had masks on and things were totally crazy. Like a dozen person birthday dinner. It ain't that serious. It ain't that. Do you want to go back to French laundry when things are open back up again? Well, I I would like to. I can't afford it. I mean, it's like. It's seven seven hundred and fourteen dollar meal. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, mind. yeah. Each person. Dude, that's a yeah, it's it's like exactly. It's amazing. It's worth every penny. Um, but, and that was in. I, I didn't even go to French Laundry. I went to his other his sister restaurant per se, which is in New York, in two thousand four. And it, in 2004, it was $714 a person for the lunch, and oh, it was like it, it was like 14 courses with paired wines, but. Um, it was still seventeen hundred seven seven 
$114 a person. It was worth every penny, though. I'll never forget that meal. It was amazing. Um, There's another story. So we're uh, talking about economics. So I'm reading a story. This is from Huffington Post. Uh, COVID-19 economic impact is forcing victims of violence to return to their abusers. Um, black and brown survivors are more likely than white survivors to face financial um, insecurity right now, putting them in even more vulnerable positions. Um, and then the survivors of sexual assault and domestic violence are more likely for them to return to their abuses, wow. abusers so they can stay afloat. See, wow. This, like this, if we would have went through this shit, just one, I mean, we probably would have shut down again. Yes, because of the changing of the climate and it, it getting colder in flu season. So, yeah, we possibly would have shut down if we would have did everything right early on. But the fact that we didn't do early anything right early on, I, I mean, hearing stories like these is, is, is sad. No, I, I, hey, it's, that's the thing is where do people go? Human trafficking, still. that's the thing. Is COVID-19 is a huge issue. But all these other issues still exist. Human trafficking, still an issue. Like... Prostitution, what do you do if you're a prostitute and everything's closed down and your pimp still wants stuff? Like, what happens to you? What happens that you have to go back to your abusive family? What happens if your father was abusing you and that's why you left and you went into human trafficking and now you have to go home to the place where well, you were abused? I mean, there's all kinds yeah. of people that had to shelter in place with people who were abusive. Exactly, and they were just talking about the surge and uh, people falling off the wagon, you know, yeah. because they can't go to rehab right now, or, you know, they lost their job or whatever insurance they had, you know, and then also uh, overdoses are going up. So. Well, because it's desperate. That's the thing is that mm -hmm. people are, I mean, once the money runs out, that's when people really start to feel like the desperation, especially if you have a family. How are you going to feed your family? I mean, for me, it's different because it's just me and I have cats and I can get it done. Like I can take care of myself. But if I had a child like or an extended family or a, a parent that was reliant on me that I had to take care of in any way, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I'd do. And you'd feel so stressed and desperate, and especially if you couldn't get a job back, and then there was no job, and then the unemployment ran out, but then it's closing again, and you don't have the money. What if you What if you pay rent? Well, okay, moratoriums on rent. Okay, some places, that's great, but what if you had a mortgage? And then what, are you going to lose your house, and you have to move during COVID? I mean, just snowballing effects of life and the business of life can be so overwhelming that people fall off the deep end and then it's just magnified yeah. it's just magnified and so alcoholism drug abuse uh you know beating each other all that stuff Vi i mean violence I violence mean, the crime rate is gonna, the crime rate's going up in different cities because of what you just said yeah. uh, times like this call for desperate measures so you and especially now that we're toward the end of the year and especially we're in the yeah. holiday season Mm -hmm. So everyone needs to be cautious, watch your back, get tested. Yeah, and you know, 
I made a I made a joke about it the other day. I made a joke about it, and people didn't really think it was funny, but I still think it's funny. But it's not funny because you should be wearing a mask. But you know, if you're not wearing your mask, the least you can do is smile at me. You know, for feminism. Uh, that was. It. But people, it, honestly, when people aren't wearing their mask and they're frowning, I'm like, the least you can do if you're endangering me is smile at me, right? Come on, wear the goddamn mask. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, if we have any, like, everybody, wear your masks, be safe, stay at home, don't, don't go to a big Thanksgiving thing, for the love of God, don't. (laughs) Make yourself a Cornish game hen, a tiny, tiny little thing, and, uh. We're not trying to reenact what Thanksgiving originally was about. Right. We're we're not trying to replace smallpox with COVID nineteen as a small blanket. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spit in a bunch of blankets and give them to a bunch of children in the street. Here, these are COVID blankets. It's gonna be great. (laughs) Well, um, next week is actually uh, Thanksgiving. And that's exciting. But we'll be back here on Wednesday, probably. I don't see why not. Yes. Yes. We'll be here on Black Wednesday. Uh, at, at high noon, though. At high noon, because yeah, there, there's, no, there's no poetry. Yeah, we'll... we'll uh, yeah, so that way we can give you some more news on death, destruction, and sadness. Well, we'll I'll try to think of some things that are ought to be thankful for. I'll try to do I'll try to do a little special thing rundown of happy stuff to be thankful for. I mean, I'm definitely thankful that Mutiny Radio still survived. We're still here, so I'm happy about that. That is something to be thankful for, and then yeah. thankful for that that we haven't gotten sick. Let me know I know. Exactly. Not right now. I've never, <laughs> I've never oh. been this healthy in my life. I'm serious. I've never gone this long without getting a cold. It's weird. Knock on wood. I know. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I love you so much, Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth. Thank you for calling you in, too. and I will talk to you soon. And uh, have a great weekend. Next week. Yay, bye. bye. All right. All right, so that's the end of Some Call Me Tim. What a successful day here at MutinyRadio.sf and .fm. I mean .fm and .sf. Uh, Started out with Choose Poetry, Choose Life with Andy Talbot and Aaron Gannon. That's every other Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. Had M.G. Martin in there. Check him out on social media. Get his new poetry book. All the girls in the chat were like, oh, my God, it's such a hot poem. Is everybody hot right now? There was also a lot of fire analogy in uh, the poetry today that you can find on the AltaCast if you look in the index. This is the Some Call Me Tim index where we sort of finished up with the poetry and then went to the weekly phone call with LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, telling us the news, talking about what's going on in the world. Wear a mask. Come on out tonight. Uh, it was sunnier earlier, but it's not raining. Come to Asiento. We're going to have a great comedy show Bundle up, friends, and eat some delicious tapas. Yes. Asiento 21st and Bryant here in the Deep Mission. Dinner and a show at Asiento 730. I'll be there doing funny jokes. Tomorrow, I actually am not booked. Isn't that amazing? But Friday night, 7 o'clock, join me here at Mutiny Radio outside, all socially distanced for 7 o'clock outdoor comedy in the street at mutinyradio.fm you can also listen to it if you want to be 
in your home. Saturday, I've got two shows, two o'clock jitters and titters at New Harmony Cafe at 20th and Mission. And great lineup there as well. And then I'm at the Comedy Edge at 8 o'clock in Oakland. But Sunday, 2.30, Resolute Wine Bar on Geary Street. Barrel of Laughs. So a lot of Mutiny Radio presents. Shows we're also going to be working with Atlas Cafe coming up soon. I met with their owner yesterday. And we're deciding on a date and time. So I'm really excited. It'll be a daytime weekend or it'll be Tuesday or Thursday. We don't know yet. We're deciding. Making choices. Making moves here at MutinyRadio.fm. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Mutiny Radio SF. Give us money on Venmo at Mutiny Radio, all one word. Come out and see a show. Okay, bye. <laughs> Be my friend on Facebook. I don't know what else to say. Uh, how about listen to Like an Adult Podcast? I was on that this week. And let's listen to some good music. No, you know what we're going to listen to? My new favorite thing in the whole world is Aqua Q, CSW. Um, oh, dear Lord. Dreamery Creamery. Do I want that? I think I want some Dreamery Creamery for y'all. And the Dreamery Creamery. Now nah, let's do characters paged. Okay. Mutiny Radio. Chattering deep into the light, bright levings of patterned feet is this podcast brought to you on the Anchor.fm platform from the labs of AquaQ. Anchor.fm is available for iOS and Android. Brings a free and clear interface for your podcast creator genius with royalty-free music and sound effects that make you sound from the Radiophonic Workshop with segments for you to advertise yourself in the cash money you so deserve. Available everywhere. Podcasts are free. Just do the queue. Characters. Paged. Dot dot. Their pagers went off, all simultaneously, and they looked down, from across the world and onto their wrists. Dot. The screens blinked a bit, the three of them paused and waited for it to clear. Aria was sitting in a coffee shop outside of Geneva. Again, she thought her pinkish golden watch timed as selected when it was time for a time away and this was it. Q was in the middle of bussing some papers down the street towards and away from things as usual, left coat pocket and the like. And Miranda was just up at sunrise at the Pacific Rim this time, no joke. She traveled overnight and had packed just a bit for a conference meetup for the book convention scheduled last May from the township. Aria sipped her orange juice and tapped the screen. You in there Q? What's the dinging about? We're all about with our business and the proceedings are proceeding with process and necess. As needed, Aria thought he might hear it but she tapped the screen once just to highlight her notion of notioning. Miranda tapped back. Yep, he's got his paperwork about and I believe he believes he's heading upward to the never-ending story folks. They seem on about a traquel as you know how he can fly time and the like, and so. Silence. Hugh was not normally in this much sun, from this time of day. More of a night owl and black cars and the odds slipping in at the right moments and such. But geez. 101 pages on this one, and several copies for the crew, and still three hours until the next. Shoot he dropped the papers. About time something happened, he paused and looked towards the ground, 
as they were slightly in between the shimmering embedded sparkly sidewalk and a bit of slick towards and in the gutter. His watch chimed and the haptics hit up Arya's beat. Tap tap. So this is what you get onto when you're not getting onto. Ain't you? Arya quipped and sipped again at her orange juice, with now a splash of soda and a straw she keeps with her, so as to be ecological. Yes, Arya. The onto is onto the floor and chores like this haven't made it up the staircase to the case I need to get to, spiral bound and booked up like a top shelf, for this pack of loose papers now, a bit dirty and, well, not in yourself, I can see that. Is that a pocket protector? No it's a packet of gum. It's for the, fresh. Anyway how's your end? Arya's end was just fine and sitting, just and there and she adjusted slightly at the thought and thought about telling him about the. Oh, surprise. Q blurted out. And bent over to pick up the quarter on the street. Damn it's a regular one. You'd hope for a 1964 silver ore, but anyway. The story is carrying on, and it's just I'm not carrying it anymore, it's toppled into the streets and somebody forgot to number the pages. So it'll be up to you guys to piece it together once I get over. I'll scan it and you can run it through a quick OCR or something. Or, I can. Wait he picked up a cup of coffee and dropped it directly downward onto the ground, and the cup hit square bottom and the coffee jumped out and bits all over the papers. He took a quick photo, shuffled them together, and straightened his back up a bit. Oh, I think I got the ordering now. We have the cover bound by main splash and the spill into the street by the spray that's come off it. We're good for ordering, now, I'll just get on and cross splash check it from the place. Miranda too now was on the call, as she sipped her coffee. You know I would have brought you one when you arrive, I hope it wasn't a creamy one. Anyway, nice idea. I'll explain the coffee to the crew, but why didn't you try that old card trick? Pick a page any page? And was a simultaneous chagrin from the crew. Blip. Miranda's power was out, and just shrugged and put her watch on the charger. It's this sort and sordid chronicle of chronicled forgetfulness wherein their malaise was being re-triggered. Maybe it was the planetary offset, or maybe our characters needed to be reminded of themselves once again. It had been three weeks since the, shoot, and more so since the, oh yes. And there was always a place to whisk her off to and never stick, and sticking was like this. Q jabbed a stick of gum into his mouth and hummed up the street. He found the iron doorway near Chinatown, though slightly uptown, where he was to deliver the papers. He then jabbed all six buttons on the door and waited for a buzzing. Buzzed. He walked inside at a slightly dim fluorescent entryway, and some wooden doors towards the left and right, but walked straight up center. To the elevator. Black rounded keys with embedded white lettering, and the floor he was to go to was. He glanced. The worn out one which was slightly sticky from Mad Tong and his bubble gum fingers. He grinned and snapped a bubble and proceeded into the lift. When he was onto the floor, he found the small office lit up brightly with a large window showing into the hallway, and motioned to the secretary as she waved at him and got up to greet him. Black hair that had to have been done up recently, and a white starched blouse and a black chain, elegant and simple. And cufflinks. She didn't have an accent, and he didn't expect one. Global never does when they're not expecting expecting company, and he placed the papers gently down by her table. 
101, she said. And a coffee. I heard about it. She stated in a slate gray tone of chagrin and looked over the papers. Well it's time and a half to type these up, so type there but out of order, so that'll be. She punched a calculator in her head, or as if, and it'll be alright if the coffee trick works out. And maybe we'll make it into a time travel series, you know, with the pages and all. You know what happened with Tron. They both said it, but her mouth was only motioning. Her mouth remained open and she smiled. How did she do that? She turned and her shoulders motioned him into a room directly behind, and he paused and proceeded towards it, with her behind him. He looked back a bit and motioned a question towards the brass doorknob. She nodded and they both proceeded into the room, which again was lit well, and, well, a bit of a thick wall. And, tap tap. His watch was out, shielded. The door closed and she hit a button on her watch, and the light stemmed to a sort of reddish fluorescent and there was hum. Secondaries, her voice flatted a little. Keep your voice at this tone so that it's in line with the active RF chokes we have going around the place. The papers. And the coffee. And the gum. Good job and I hope you picked up everything we left, yes? The. Hugh found it impossible not to beam, and look around at the place. It only takes one word to get into this place, eh? He joked. Of course it took several months and a year and plus before that, but he was here. And here? Well. Heard anyway. He maintained and took out his pen, and pulled a paper up from the desk and began to write a few words. The women looked on the bit begruzzled, as her face noted the word and she said nothing. Then he clicked the pen and the word lit up in a sort of iridescence, and as he moved his light across the word, the patterns moved, and continued and moved as long as the light was on them, pausing only when he took away the light, and using those last bits of light to orient themselves into. Stasis. Was the word. He explained, although he didn't need to, for her, he still felt a bit like Mr. Wizard with this thing, and as he kept his voice at a dim glimmer, and she continued to eye the ink on paper, as it had now been transfixed for several minutes in the beauty of the alignment of the. What was it again? Electroglutosilicate. He said as plainly as the red light on her cufflinks. And he blinked at her. She looked over the pen and took off her cufflinks and they did indeed match. Same guy, I can see. Incredible taste, in. What was it again? Everything? Came the response. The form that follows function at its ultimate and timely and literally time and specificity of genetics in a package designed in for and with and. Well this is where planet Earth finds a use for its silicon, and silicon finds a purpose for its ordered numbering. In truth. There were no numbers. This was pure life, on whatever surface and surfaced, and still, and still enough to travel and. It likes light she said and smiled to him as she played with a pen across the paper. Well, it doesn't just like light, it likes to sleep as well. The orientation is a learning experience for these silly guys and gals, on paper anyway. They spend their time solving their own problems, which in turn, when applied solves your problem, if you know what you're doing. And I hope you do. Because we can't lose these. It's that simple. And they'll carry on and work their way out of your own problem if you have the right one which works for life, and that is why these are going places. 
because we needed an ethics on chip and this is Gestalt breakfast better than any possibility we'd imagined. You know how they were discovered? I thought you were going to say asteroid. She noticed she was becoming interestingly excited and had to dim her voice a bit more. Sort of like that. It was a smashed glass from a satellite, onto a flight carrier that had its little science experiment exposed to refracting light and electricity for 11 and a half minutes until they were crushed into dust by a jet landed onto them. Strange circumstance. The material from the jet and the glass, electrical and radio, and these little mite guys who were meant to survive in space, survived into a flattened surface of goo on the tarmac. Funny thing it was noticed right away because the little guys camoed themselves into a landing stripe sign the guys had never seen before. It was like a cross between a danger do not land signal, and a tangent on where they all wanted to exit. When he walked away to tell all the guys, the stuff stuck to his feet and began tapping Morse code into his boot. Good thing he passed the test, because they tapped this very word into his shoe, and so they brought them to us. The cufflinks look good on cue. Classed him up a bit. So this is trial J on this one, and those papers up front. You can feed it to these guys if they're hungry. I've got to get on and about to the other three about it and you need to. Write these events up. I know she picked up the pen. Well you came at the right time, and you know we're into a crunch. What's the protocol for these guys in public? Just don't leave the paper behind. They get all cross when they lose their mates and it confuses the out of baristas who try to claim their outrageous tips. It seems these fellas have a bit of a wit towards the ladies and, well anyway. Keep them happy and they'll keep you happy. Happy. We're all happy. And that's the point. Dot. Anybody using that? He pointed to the hat on the hat track. Didn't wait for a response and picked it up and headed towards the door, correcting his coat up a bit as he got out of the room. She smiled and led him back to the front and clicked her clacker at him and looked up as she sat down at the desk again and stated 101. He nodded towards the door and out. The hat, he liked. It was like odd jobs top rounded, but without the. He looked. And replaced it to his head. Yes without the chop chop part. He was back into his part, a bit more like himself and thinking of Arya. Well that didn't take long. How about a light travel dare walk down where I'm headed and then afterwards? It was dark. The mist was starting to hit mid-waist level and the two had been walking for about two hours talking about the project, and its specifics and integrations and making sure everybody involved had gotten what they needed. And us. Hugh tapped the cufflinks, and they continued walking. It wasn't a bad day you know. It was better than yesterday, and that kind of reminds me, you know. He pointed down to her. Those bits. Ah yes. Perhaps if we had more time yesterday. But we're here in the now. You know. And our stop is just ahead. Do you want to take a seat? Q paused and thought for a second. The mist was certainly coming up around him and the cufflinks were a sort of see-through now, with the water vapor, and he thought to himself. Well, now is a time, he raised his arm and tapped his two fingers across both anode and dryodes of the cufflinks and there was an incredible and warble just around them, like an egg. The light hitting them was fizzing around like little swimmy things, and the water vapor was just dots, completely solid and not moving a speck. Arya did look surprised, and looked at his jacket cuff and up at his grinning smile. 
the light from her warbled a bit too and they just stood there for a second, watching all of everything pass through them, as they became non-entities and the separation of light from matters and facts of spatial reasoning," said Q in his dim slated voice. And they carried forward. I see. Was Arya's gentle response and she took his hand and they continued walking forward towards the pier on the ocean. They don't as they passed some non-passerbys, who didn't look up nor at all, and their speech was not an echo in thought as it was normally, and they could justly hear them and know they were not heard. They didn't see the click, or thought it was a mirage. And now we're here. Light, aren't they? He jiggled his cufflinks at the non-weight and continued walking and smiling about it. The light powers these things and the water is static and so is our material, and so. And so, Arya motioned up to the stars and they both looked up. And we are light too, I can feel it. It felt as if they had no weight and indeed felt as if they could walk forever on these two feet and never need a rest or a place to stop. That was right. With only light and non-matter, it didn't matter, he said to himself. And the light was just that part of the wording that helped it make sense and the egg was. Well that was just a little joke, and in fact the forum again, and they talked about the joke. Of course we did she joke later in the conversation, and also of course referring to the punchline and we always will. And will they ever, and so they carried on a bit about it, and talked about the marriage of these technologies and of course what they were really good for, which again by design was the design of life, and life itself was. Well. They both nodded on in times like this when even things became a bit heady and they had done their jobs to get this here and that there, and the magnificence was. Oh. Well it was and. Hugh took out a second pen from his pocket. I got you a gift, of course. And they go together. Oh. This one's is a different color. I see. I like it. Metallic. Would be good for some drawing, you know. If we can get our hands on Miranda's notebook. You know the one I mean. He did. What did she call it? Spatial case book she did. We should call her tomorrow. Or is she already on? Is that you? A gentle ping came from her watch. Yes it's me and me, you know the footage is done. Developed and such for the film. You didn't tell her about. Did you? Of course not. Theaters took me up on the prints and the showings will be on and on about midnight the EGS will be lit up and we'll be on time. That is to be seen she grinned. Well quite. It should have quite an effect. The one you're looking for, I hope. With the right audience was his responsive response and they carried on a bit about it, and imagined for a bit what the new beginning would be like, and hoped they'd make it on time, and they joked some more about that. Well. And just at that moment, an asteroid came about the horizon and blitzed them all around, as the ocean burst up into a wash and stuck to the bubble they were now pausing and positively amazed and amazingly. They just stood there, and the matter passed through them, and it was as if they'd seen a million years of star experience in that instance and they were now quite definitely above ground, as the crater was now beneath them and water began to flow into it and yet they hovered. Oh side effect, said Q. And he stepped up a bit. And Arya smiled. And they began walking on the water pinholes and they were prickly but easy to balance on. 
and the mist was still around, and as they walked onto it and walked up the sky opened up and it began to rain, each time dropping pins around them and each time they walked up and up and up, and completely stable, and in the rain they walked up towards the cloud and it began to murble an electrical murble and they paused and thought about it, and it thought about them, and they could hear a slight whisper, and they hadn't heard that kind of voice before, and it was the water, and the water was just gently carrying on a conversation with itself, about its direction and about the presence of presence to be delivered on so and so, and it was in plain language, as they now heard it at its pause, and the light continued to swim around like water, and the water, inside still spun a bit to orient, and they looked closer, and closer at the individual droplets of water on their bite the leg. And Q brought up Arya's hand where she held the fan, and clicked the light onto the water. And... Tiny people. Gasped Arya like a bit of a shock she might have gotten from that pen or something. And yes. Dozens of highly recognizable people were chattering away, and away they were, miles and miles in fact. And that's the direction they faced. Towards themselves, if they needed the water, and away and about in fact if they were chattering with other water warble bits about their bits and just what to do with themselves. And I'd stand tonight, you know if the easterly is going to kick off. And that bit of muck on aisle 5 has got to get a clearing, and a salty one they joked with each other. Some of the water just stood around and seemed confused about the light. And they looked at Arya and Q standing there watching them. Oh said one bit of water. So you found us out, eh? You're not going to tell anybody about us, are you? I mean with this thing and all. We haven't seen this thing turned on in. Well a couple of years and it was pretty fine back then. We'd love to stay and chatter about it, but our fellas have to get on with several light years worth of time and materials which you lot think is just a freak asteroid and a simple storm, eh? I bet that's what you think. Like the cloud didn't see that thing years ago and we haven't been chattering about it up until this point. I mean, a notion's worth of. What do you keep calling it? Van der Waal. Oh that's right. Well it's us. Hello. The water droplet chirped and Q. Yes I'm this bit of electron here, and that's my mate and we're headed in that direction for the big one, you know. If we can swing it? Q clicked off the pen. He knew. Well we'd better get to the show, and the show must go on, he stated to Arya and they began walking a bit towards the theater. I'd like a bit more of that, she said to him, and they were grasping each other's hands now. I mean you couldn't ask him a bit more about the weather, eh? Well they've got their lot and we've got ours tonight. And I'm sure we'll all be alright if the lights don't go out? She shuddered. Oh yes. Well the generator is handy but we weren't planning for a long outage. We'd have to move the show if it goes out and long. But we'll see. Dot. They just hit the theater at 11 and front row Miranda was there with her notebook as Arya sat on one side and Q on the other, with some goobers for the show he'd picked up in the front. Dot. Lights dimmed except the beams coming from the rear towards the screen, and Miranda took out her notebook expectantly. She motioned the pen for Arya, who gave it to her and she began to draw. Dot. The film was an art film. Well. The three knew it wasn't a film at all, but a continuous loop of two and a half feet of cellulose with our little friends running around in the light, charting and orienting to the eyeballs on them in the audience. And the audience was amused. 
at very first by the geometric primitive shapes in 2D, then 3D, then color, and as the color was painted onto the 3D objects they began to spin and form more complex shapes, and color themselves and the lines from the shapes would become evident and the lines would change color, as gradients, and move into as other lines, also in 3D and starting making real pictures that one could readily see as animals and people and plants and small critters and then created was a backdrop which moved independently. Although some of the material critters or EGS would switch between front and background as needed, and instantly adjust its coloring to match the presentation which was the orientation of the rest of them, and us. The pictures began to tell a story, a story about the audience, about how they had traveled there, their day, perhaps the day before, and what was on their mind. Quite the little mind readers, aren't they? He turned and smiled past Miranda and onto Aria as Miranda began to draw in her notebook. And the pictures were then very much about the present. About this moment. And in fact began to draw the audience as seated. And it was very much like a mirror. Except the patterns were evident which thoughts were coming off which people in the audience. And Miranda was at the center. And more centrally centered, the pen, metallic, in which she continued to draw into the notebook and the paper glimmered and she was drawing primitive shapes like triangles and circles and the pen was a thick metallic and all sorts of language flowed inside the metal as a communication of what she was drawing, thinking, and the light coming off the screen and its messaging. The screen now began, as if again, stopping abruptly and showing a countdown as a film starting might do. And it was a bit now into the future. Kind of like Christmas past in fact and began showing the storm outside and all the materials it had come to know about with contact with water and explained in pictures what the water wanted and why they were water in the first place, and to expound on it would just make literal sense, because they were in this place and the people and events were so specific to those moments, and ever-changing, that it was simply understood, and if you were watching it, you altered it and understood it as it altered you, and so forth and all the time and Miranda drew a square into her notebook and scribbled into it a little poem, and the metallic seemed to like the poem and hurried around it, and the light from the theater shone on it a bit more, until the lights went out, and the film stopped, and the place was completely out now, sans the final metallic glow on the paper as they rushed to orient onto the poem, and the dimness became static. Oldness and soft peat. For wit to eat. Ponder stitch. Neat said Q. And Miranda and Aria just paused a bit. We've got the program. For now Miranda gave the pen to Aria and closed her notebook. These guys will stick tight, but we have a bit more for them to do at the next showing. What should we do until then? More of the same, I guess, guessed Q. Right, and tapped his cuffs again at the two women and they got up and walked with him, to his left and continued on, and Aria grappled at Miranda's rear and motioned them along. And as motion goes, it was a pretty good one, and they carried on and carried each other in light conversation as the tris met in a spatial hazy o which they stepped into and around and their rear view mirrors were reveled in and beveled shades of hues and trickles of water popped in to say hello, and the sky's night was a deep blue and heady ideas of a continuation of their prior episodic adventure carried themselves into the night and eventually into the padded bed they adored, and with each other took some bliss and a time and a half to say hello to, to all their bits from forward and behind, and in and about, and onwards and upwards, etc. And they smiled and at a very early morning, 
or later later evening, Miranda opened up her notebook from the bedside above, and opened to the poem, and the light from her eyes reflected onto the page, and the poem winked back at her, and carried on with the paper for a second glimmer at Aria and the queue, and inside the poem, became a fractal of text, at first mirroring the poem, and they simply spelling out a series of images and text, a language meant for her. It was her laundry list in fact, and she laughed. How did you know about my knickers? She laughed and slapped the notebook closed and wrapped it neatly with a red string and placed it by her side. Q looked up with one eye, then closed it and put his hand on her butt. Aria curled inwards and spooned Miranda from the left, and Miranda continued to smile at the thoughts going through Aria's and Q's minds. Geneva is always good a second time and she clacked the lights out and turned and they just spent some time with each other's juicier bits for a time, and time again as they do, and imagine